Radio. You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Pet Talk Naturally, the place where your animal friends and nature come together to find health, happiness, and harmony with all the natural things the earth has to offer. Your hosts, Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason, each week will lead you through the practice of taking care of your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature provides. So, get ready to learn about natural nutrition, preventative pet health, and more with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. Well, hello, I'm Dr. Kim, I'm one of your hosts. And I'm Dr. Jeannie, your other host. Today we're going to be talking about Pause for Reading with Risa Hogue. Um, she is with the Reading Education Assistance Dogs Program, and of course, again, we're going to be talking about pet-assisted therapy. So um, before we talk with Risa, though, we're going to hear from Joel Gaines, and um, I have a little announcement to share with him. I'd like to first welcome our listening audience out there, and Kristen Hanna. She's always here. Thank you for being here. And um, also, let's give out the website for um, where you can find out more about what Risa does. Go to HudsonValleyVisitingPets.com. We'll be talking a whole lot more about that in just a few seconds. So hang in there. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Time to take a walk down the path to happier and healthier pets. And while we're doing that, you get to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Naturally, Pet Talk Naturally. We'll be right back. Pawfume Dog Grooming and Finishing Spray is proud to be a new sponsor of Pet Life Radio. Pawfume Super Long Lasting Sprays are available in four unique fragrances. Each Pawfume spray is fortified with the finest conditioners and detanglers to make combing out your dog more fun. Pawfume retails for only $2 per 6-ounce bottle. Pawfume is available nationwide at all Dollar General and Family Dollar stores. Why pay more to have your dog smell great? Pawfume, P-A-W-F-U-M-E. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to TeachersPetSessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Salvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com Give your dog some thought with Dog Thoughts. It's the iPhone application that everyone's talking about. What do you think of this? A man in Davis, California says he's invented an application for the iPhone that claims it can read your dog's mind. Huh? No, it's true. I read about it on my cat's Twitter page. That's fine. 
Jay Leno talked about it, CBS reported on it, and now you can see what all the buzz is about. Created just for dog lovers, Dog Thoughts makes taking photos of your furry best friend more fun. Shake your dog and read his mind. On your iPhone, of course. Take a pic of your pup, shake your phone, and watch as his thoughts appear on the screen. Does he have a bone to pick with you, or is he having a tail-wagging day? Get your Dog Thoughts iPhone app today. Just 99 cents. Go to PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. That's PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. Hi, this is Marcy Davis and my service dog, Whistle, and we're your hosts of Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Working Like Dogs is the show where you can learn everything you ever wanted to know about working animals or working dogs. Whether you're a member of a working dog team or you've just seen a working dog or animal out at the mall or the grocery store and you're curious about how these amazing animals work with their human partners, then Working Like Dogs is the show for you. Join us for the inside scoop at Working Like Dogs on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. We're back, but our nature walk has just begun. Now, back to Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. Today we are visiting with Risa Hogue, and she is a member of the Hudson Valley Visiting Pet Program, HVVPP is the short, um, um, what is the acronym for that, and she has been a Delta Pet Partner since February of 06. Now you remember C.J. Poitnin, who has been our guest a few times on the show, is the person who referred Risa to us. Mm-hmm. Now, Risa adopted Annie at seven weeks old. She is a beautiful retriever husky mix that you'll see there on the front of the site and Annie Annie is and the way that Risa describes her is that Annie is a very sensitive and intuitive dog who seems to love everyone she meets and she has that look about her mm-hmm. and they are members of the reading assistance education do, uh, dogs program that is read and Annie and Risa visit area schools and libraries working with children to improve their skills under the HVVPP Pause for Reading program, which, by the way, they helped launch. Um, Risa is a certified humane education specialist and a member of the Association of Professional Humane Educators. She's got all kinds of <laughs> awards and yeah. things. She and doesn't she? I mean, in April of '06, she was one of the winners in the inaugural North Shore Animal League Pet Owners of the Year contest, and she also has an honorable mention in the Rookie Team category of '06 and '07. Now, she just became a reading partner. I think it was in. That she said. So she's only one of 37 people that have been licensed as a read instructor in the country. So I'm assuming we're going to find out that there's probably a need for more. Risa, welcome, and we are very honored to have you with us today. Hello, and thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, you know what? We just want to know all about this program. You know, I wish they'd have had this kind of program when I was a child, not because I had reading problems, but because I always just felt so bad for the kids who did. And uh, and as it turns out, it's not really that they have a learning disability necessarily, but um, there's just a whole lot more to it. So, Risa, would you tell us, first of all, how you even decided to get interested in a program like this? Sure. I got um, into animal-assisted therapy to begin with because, um, as you mentioned, Annie just has such a lovable personality, and she's very 
intuitive and very in tune with um, human emotions. Uh, I have a, a Bijan as well who could care less how you're feeling. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about him. That's right. the bottom line. He's yeah. a champion, but that's that's as far as it goes. He, right. He just, just, if you're having a bad day, he wants to know nothing about it. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> funny. Oh, he, Talk to the paw, huh? Oh, God. Big time. Big time. <laughs> but, uh, but Annie, even at a, at a very young age, really showed that she was tuned into human emotion and would respond to it in a positive way. And I was astounded by it. Um, and there were two instances that really... Um, got me thinking towards animal-assisted therapy. One was when my mother-in-law came over after recovering from, um, she was recovering from lung cancer. Mm. And um, she came in the house and she looked kind of tired and she went to sit on the couch. And I noticed Annie just sort of looking at her and not doing her usual sort of bubbly self. And she was, she was a puppy then. Mm-hmm. And after my mother-in-law sat on the couch, um, Annie just kind of slowly went over to the couch, hopped up as as quiet as could be, and just rested her head on my mother-in-law's lap and just kind of nudged her hand, and my mother-in-law started petting her, and you could just see she was like, I think you just need me next to you, and that's what she did. Mm -hmm. And I kind of tucked that away, like, wow, that's, you know, unusual, because certainly my other dog, you know, just (laughs) ran the other way. (laughs) And I thought, she's really not only noticing it, but she's responding in a positive Mm -hmm. way to it. The second thing that that really was the trigger point for me was um, I had been diagnosed with an early form of breast cancer. And I was sitting on the couch one day having a really bad day and just, you know, crying and and not having a good day. And my husband Mm -hmm. was on the other side of the couch and we were talking. And Annie just kind of sized up the situation. She jumped up on the couch, sat in between us. She put one paw on one of my shoulders, the other paw on the other shoulder, and rested her head on my shoulder. So she physically gave me a hug. Aww. And she just stayed there. <laughs> and it cry. was oh, it was the most astounding moment. And I know it oh. sounds corny, and people go, "Oh, no, don't, no, don't no. really do that." No, but we no, all know. No, you're really talking to that. animal people, Risa. <laughs> That's right. I, right. I got to for the audience. <laughs> um, and I was fact, just, I was so taken aback by it. And I said to myself, "Boy, you know, if this thing turns out well, which it did, thank goodness, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to, you know, work with Annie and bring this ability to other people because yeah. it was an instant." relaxation on my part mm-hmm. that, you know, oh boy, you know, she cares, she's here, I'm going to pet her, and that just that whole blood pressure lowering thing just kicked wow. in, and um, and I just knew I had to give that gift to other people, so right. that's when I made the commitment that we would go out and do animal-assisted therapy, so we went through the process of being trained uh, through Delta, mm-hmm. and then um, I started looking on the internet, what else can I do with my dog, right, we all want to do Lots sure. of things with our dog, right. and I found Reed, you know, pretty much by accident. And I was always wanted to be a teacher when I was growing up. Love working with kids, and I was mm. like, "You can work with your kids and dogs. I'm in." Sign me up, you know. Yeah. So before the ink was even dry on the on the Delta paperwork, I had you know sent in my my Reed paperwork because you need to be um, with a animal uh, therapy group first before you can be certified as a Reed team. Mm. So um, I sent that in and got that back and immediately started a program at a library near us. And um, How receptive are the libraries, um, Risa? Say again? How receptive are the libraries to this? 
Oh, my gosh. We have more libraries than we can serve, actually. Um, The libraries have been really, really wonderful. The schools, understandably, have um, more hoops to jump through and boards to appease and that kind of thing. Um, But the libraries have been, oh, my gosh, they just, it's the greatest thing for them. I mean, you know, the whole point of the library program when you do read in a library is not so much... um, you know, reading comprehension or uh, learning per se. Mm-hmm. It's more of a fun way to get kids interested in books and get them sure. interested in coming to the library. So anything that works for the librarian, you know, they're, they're like, yes, come on in, you know, as long mm-hmm. as it's, you know, safe, they're, they're thrilled to have you. So we've had no problem getting into libraries. I partly think because books seem to be so archaic and modern with, you know, children nowadays, and yet... They're such a wonderful way to learn and relax and and get away much more away from all the electronic stuff. So I was excited about this program just on that level. Um, Well, you know, we've all replaced um, going outside and playing stickball with staying inside and playing Wii Mm -hmm. or whatever. And you cannot replace when a child sits down with a dog. Mm -hmm. That will never go away. That magic that happens at that moment when a dog reaches his nose out to kiss a little girl's face. It just won't go, ever go away. Um, and that's the magic and the beauty of this program is that it is, in its simplicity, it is just magical. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know what's interesting is that you were real tuned in to Annie's, um, it, this is like her vocation, her calling <laughs> in life. Right. Yeah, and she does love children. I mean, we go to the assisted living facilities and and nursing homes as well, and she always gravitates towards the people who are the sickest. Mm -hmm. She always goes to the are, um, you know, almost laying, you know, laying down almost. You know, they're sitting up, but they're kind of leaning on their hands. Or she she will always gravitate to the people who are the sickest or or seem to need her the most. But she adores children. I mean, I was she really just, drawn to her photo and and your the way you guys look together, and I just could see that about her. She's just one of those dogs you'd want to just be right next to. And you know, what's interesting is that she was probably adopted, wasn't she? Yes, I adopted her from North Shore Animal League. She was uh, about okay, seven so weeks old. She was seven weeks old. Wow. Yeah, she may have even been younger, but she she live, we'll call it seven weeks. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! But she just really is appreciative of a home and a vocation. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, when she was in, you know, I went into the North Shore truck, and and we already had, you know, the Bichon, but my husband wanted a real dog, as he says. And, oh, oh no! <laughs> and, uh, my husband. He, he actually gets along better with my Bichon now than any of the rest of us. But, um, <laughs> But so he had gone looking the week before, and there was, you know, obviously all the dogs pull at your heartstrings, but there was none that really touched me in an unusual way. And, and I went back the following week, and I was the first one in the truck, and I looked through the cages, and all the dogs, you know, they just come from having their um, their operations basically being spayed or neutered, and right. they're, they've had a long trip up to the county, and they're they're tired, and usually they're just, you get in the truck, if you're the first person in the truck, they're usually fast asleep. Mm-hmm. And they were all fast asleep, but not my Annie. She mm-hmm. was right dead center in the center cage, standing with all fours with her little tail. I don't know if any of the pictures show her tail, but her tail curls over. And oh. So she had her little tail curled over and wagged her tail and looked at me as if to say, Pick me, I'm ready. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my gosh, look at this dog. And I, you know, took her out. I said, I'll see this one. And I took her out and I just never let her go. I said, Oh my God, I have to have this dog. She just had an air and a way about her that said, I'm going to be special. Aww. And uh, she just, 
to this day. I mean, wherever I go with her, people know her. She's a, like a celebrity. Right. Oh, yeah. my goodness, and I can see why. Well, yeah. you know, what I was interested in finding out a little bit more about this read program, because I'm out. Both Jeannie and I are avid readers. I mean, we read when other people watch TV, so that's what I prefer to do. And I was excited to hear that it, you know, that it's helping children who may have had, if not learning disabilities, I'm finding out it may just be that it's it's an esteem situation or something. But who thought, who dreamed up this particular form of animal-assisted therapy? Well, the wonderful people at Intermountain Therapy Animals out in Salt Lake City, Utah, um, developed the Reed program, and it really came from one of their members who was, uh, I believe she was a nurse, and she kind of had the idea of, you know, blood pressure of the dogs is actually lowered, and that's actually been studied more than, than the other way around, but dogs' blood pressure is lowered by being petted. And there was a study done where children's blood pressure was lowered uh, by being by petting a dog, and that actually was done on um, a program was done on 60 Minutes about that. So it was documented, and she thought, gee, what if there was a, a child having um, difficulty reading, and what if we could relax them by you know sitting with the dog? And she kind of came up with the concept, and she pitched it to a local library out in Salt Lake City. And they said, sure, and it, it seemed a little bit like, you know, publicity stunt, but, hey, I'm in the PR business anyway, so that worked out for me. And uh, they ran the program, and it just was dynamite. I mean, the kids wow. loved it, and the library loved it, and everybody got, you know, great feedback. So then they said, okay, well, why don't we take this to a school and see if we can actually have impact with the children's reading scores? You know, we all know it's fun to do, but can mm-hmm. we actually have impact? So right. um, they worked with uh, students, I think it was 21 months, they worked with a group of students and read with them and did test scores before and test scores afterwards, and everything improved. Mm-hmm. And what they found was not only the reading scores improved, but the children's self-esteem improved, the children's uh, hygiene improved, wow. attendance appro- improved. It was just across the board, this extraordinary program. And it is a big self-esteem issue. And very often children who have difficulty reading, it's not because they can't read. It's because they've either been intimidated by somebody, mm-hmm. um, whether it's in the home or, or in a, a school setting, um, or they're simply intimidated by reading out loud, right. or they just have self-esteem issues where they're very shy. And so very often the children we work with are not necessarily having difficulty reading. They may just simply be shy children. And um, by allowing them to read with the dog, what used to be a remedial program and what used to seem like, you know, you were called out to get reading help, you know, kind of a drag, um, now has become, oh, you're special, you get to read with Annie, or, you know. Oh. <laughs> so it becomes like they're, like, looked upon as special, but in a good way, you know, mm-hmm. that, that good special. That's great. I mean, so, that yeah, totally could so, change. Now, do the children learn anything about the dogs themselves? I mean, because a lot of times uh, I... And we've talked about this a lot. There's a, there's a natural human-animal bond. Um, but sometimes, because so many kids are so urbanized now, what we've heard or the statistics are that, you know, children are less enamored of animals than they were at one time and um, partly due to this urbanization and, and a lot of, you know, the press. So yeah. what has this done, do you think, for children as far as that goes? Well, that's a big part of my mission because I'm also a certified humane education specialist. And Mm -hmm. I sought out that credential because, again, I just feel so strongly that 
If you can teach children, start with children, but if you can teach children or adults the value of life in general, the value of exactly. animal life, they will treat mm-hmm. human life with all that much more care and mm-hmm. respect. And what we have found is that, um, you know, we're, we're in a setting that's sort of a white middle class setting for the most part. And so we didn't see a lot of the things that the other uh, Reed team members have seen. And when I was fortunate enough to go out to Salt Lake City and go to the Reed conference that they had last year, we were able to sit with teams from across the country. There's now actually 1,400 teams that do this. Oh, and, oh gosh. Yeah, it's really great. It's and we were able, It's really grown then. Yeah. Huh? Mm-hmm. And there's now in, in uh, the U.K., Canada, Australia. So oh, it's oh, really spread. Oh. It's so cool. But we oh, were able to sit great. with people because, you know, any of us who live in a certain environment, you almost get set like that is the only environment, mm, you know. Right. And, and so you... you tend to forget that there's other ways that people handle things or deal with things outside of where you live. So what we were able to um, learn was really very interesting. You know, some of the, some of the teams were saying that uh, in some instances, kids came in and they said, well, you know, my dad only kicks the dog. You know, or our, our dog only lives outside under the porch. Or, you know, um, even abuse issues where they'd say, well, you know, after Dad hits Mom, he hits the dog. Or, oh, yeah. you know, those kinds of things. Yeah. And so um, there certainly is a need for teaching humane education in school systems. And one of my missions has also been to get involved. There's a big thing with character education. Mm-hmm. Oh, character really? Yeah, character education is actually mandated in New York State. I'm not sure which other states wow. it's mandated in, but in New York State it's mandated to teach character education. And you can define that in, in umpteen ways, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. But one of the ways to define character education is humane education. And sure. so my goal is to do more humane education presentations in school systems and showing children how to deal with animals, how they are similar to us. I have a great program that I do where we... I have the children pull things out of a big bag. Mm-hmm. So they'll pull out a toothbrush, and it's, it's Annie's toothbrush. And oh. we talk about, you know, all the ways we're similar. Well, Annie right. has to brush her teeth or she'll lose them, and you have to brush your teeth or you'll lose them. You know, and, <laughs> and we good. talk about Yeah, and we talk about hairbrush, you know, and she's got her brush. Sure. And, and what happens if I don't brush her? She'll get matted. Your hair will get matted. And mm-hmm. so we so talk about all the hygiene things. at the same time. Yeah. Hygiene and how we're similar and how it's so important to have a care and a respect for animals. And, and it's the true belief of humane educators that if you can teach that in children and instill that respect of animals in children, you will automatically grow a better generation of people who care for other people and for the environment. Mm-hmm. Do you think, Risa, that um, by teaching children this, that they can go home and make a difference in their own families? I know, because they're coming home, they're showing their reading skills have improved, therefore their their um, grades are going to improve, their hygiene is going to improve, their their Mm-hmm. Their feeling towards animals is going to change. Wouldn't that make some kind of impact? Are there any statistics showing how that is affecting, you know, societal um, changes within? I am sure that there are statistics, um, but I don't have access to them at the moment. I'm sure mm-hmm. that there are statistics about um, the impact of humane education. I can tell you that um, in my family, I have a 15-year-old daughter and I have a 10-year-old daughter. And although we've had our dogs since, um, I guess, Kelly was maybe five or six, um, more of my involvement has been with my younger daughter. And she certainly seems to express a greater interest in animals and a greater care for them than my older one. 
So even if you just took that little tiny mm-hmm. scenario, um, you know, and I would say that's because she sees it. Uh, right. You know, we live it together. And while right. my other one's here, she's already older, and it was kind of, you know, she was already kind of doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. And she kind of gets it, but doesn't really, you know. Right. But my Samantha was much younger. And she grew, she now comes to every Delta evaluation with me. And oh, she can tell you when the dogs walk in the room. She'll tell you who's going to pass and who's going to pass. I mean, she, she, knows, she knows the test inside and out. Mm-hmm. She can do it with Annie, <laughs> you know. Right. And she, she just knows the program, and she understands the care and, um, you know, humane treatment of animals. And it translates to how she deals with people. So I, when I would it. think that reading is one of the most critical things because you can't do anything, really. Well, that's just it. Read or do math. Pretty much can, reading. I mean, you can't do. You can't even do math if you can't read. Yeah. Right. If you can so. instill a love, or at least a, a greater love of, of reading in a child, you've opened up so many opportunities for them, and that's why this program is is just so important because a lot of these children. They've tried these other programs. You know, they've gone through the remedial reading, or they get reading support already, or they have a tutor already. And you bring the dog in, and it's just completely different. It's fun. They look forward to it. They want to do it. They want to impress the dog, you know. And, it, and really, it, and that's funny because the dog is not judgmental at all. <laughs> no, but you know what? They're, they're, they so want to read to the dog. Aww. And it's, you know, they always know Annie's name. They never know my name. Right. We walk in and we're, we're you know, we're, we're barely a team, you know, because right. Annie is, is the focus. And sure. uh, it's, it's just a very, very special program. And I really do think it, it will have a huge impact on all the children who, who are able to go through it. There's just not enough teams, you know. Mm-hmm. Just, and what is the need? What, where, what are the statistics on the need for this? Because, I mean, I, just knowing... We see all the negative stuff when you watch the news or whatever, how, you know, to coin a phrase, dumbed down America is. And right. yet, this program could turn that around. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? It's it's kind of what, um, <laughs> if you go into a school where a the principal's been bitten by a dog, we don't get in. Yeah, I can If you go to a school where a principal had a wonderful first dog or, a, you know, a wonderful dog now or whatever, we get in. Mm-hmm. And um, it is a program that once we go into a school and once I do the presentation, they want to know how many teams they can have right away. Mm. Really? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, they'll say to, I'll say to them, well, okay, we need to pick three or four ch- children. And they'll say, three or four? Like, you know, <laughs> I, I, I've got 17, you know, that'll benefit from this. And then, of course, the ones that are going through it, like I said, are looked as, as, as being very special. Sure. And then everybody else wants to be special, and they want to read to the dog. So, how, how long is a session typically? Um, the way it works in a library setting is that we do fifteen minutes, ten to fifteen minutes with each child, and that really and they read out loud, right? Recently. They read out loud, right? Okay. But but it's very important that this program is not a live demonstration. <laughs> it's not a presentation. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times, and I, you know, I tend to play, because a lot of times if I'm not reading with the kids, I play the organizer for the day, and mm-hmm. I tend to be kind of strict with the parents. And, you know, some of them want to hover. They want to just hang out on the rug, with, you know, on the blanket with the child, and they'll say, well, he doesn't read too well. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of the point. <laughs> you, know, you, you need to leave. You know, I, I get a little, 
I try to be as nice as I can, but sometimes I get very frustrated. Or they just want to take pictures the entire time. And the whole point of the program is that the child needs to be unencumbered by what may have. And I'm not saying the parents, these parents are always intimidating, but you never know. Sure. So you want to eliminate the parent who always throws in the word or, you know, is trying to Uh help. Because you know what? Sometimes you're not helping, you know. Right. This is so fascinating, Risa, and you're not going to believe this. We've actually run down to the end of the show. Oh, and it just went way too fast. But I want to make sure everybody can visit your the website where they can find out more about what you do in your area and um, and also the other programs. So they can go to HudsonValleyVisitingPets.com and also TherapyAnimals.org, which is the where the uh, Reed program was founded out of um, Utah. Right, and on that. on that sorry, site, they have training programs. They'll list all over the country, so people mm-hmm. can get involved either by supporting the organization or have you know have you guys come to their schools or even getting their own dogs uh, trained to go into right. therapy work and yep. to because we need more people doing this. We need and, more um, people. What I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like always it. we always need more people involved, and I think it's very rewarding in and of itself for not only the person but the dog as well. Mm-hmm. And it looks like the dogs are even enjoying listening to the children read to them, which right. is just fascinating. Oh, to they me. just love it; they really do. Well, Risa, we're going to put you on the spot, and I think everything you've shared here are words of wisdom. And but what we'd like for you to do in closing is to. Um, Share with the audience the words of wisdom you'd most like to impress upon them that they would walk away with knowing about what you do and about the importance of this program. Well, you know, it, it's that, it's that, um, is it a proverb or you have to forgive me because I'm Jewish and I'm not Catholic, but my husband. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I love the, I forget what it's called, the parable. It's the one where the where uh, a little boy is walking along the beach and there's starfish all everywhere mm-hmm. and they're all stranded and and they're dying, and he picks up one and he throws it into the ocean and he's picking them up one at a time, throwing them in the ocean. And someone comes along and says, "Why are you doing this? It's pointless. You know, look at them all." And he says, "It won't matter what you do." And the little boy picks up one more and throws it in the ocean. And he says, "It mattered to that one." Yeah. And, and that's the thing. If you can make a difference in one child, you never know what that one child will go grow up and go on to be. And, you know, making a difference in one person's life will make a difference in your own. Exactly. Thank you so much for saying that. Thank that was, you, Rachel. And I love that story. That's one of my favorites. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure I didn't tell it right, but you get the gist of it. <laughs> we totally get the gist of it. And I thank you for the work that you do and for what you're doing, um, unselfishly sharing out there and helping these children, but helping the dogs as well and, and on humane education as well. So thank you so much for everything that you mm-hmm. and Annie are doing. And uh, also um, the work that you do with the horses. We appreciate everything that you are about. Oh, thank, thank you, you and thank you for us. having me and helping me spread the word. This is just a wonderful <laughs> program. Uh-huh. Well, we, we, hope every, we hope people go really check this out. Yes. So in the spirit of love and truth, we hope you all have a tail wagging, hoof stomping, wing flapping, perfectly animal talking day. Pets and nature come together every week on Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason. Learn how to care for your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature has to offer so your pets can live a happy, healthy, and harmonious life. Pet Talk Naturally, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Naturally. Naturally.